0: If only we had something to talk about. Obviously we do. It's a huge foreign policy show tonight, culturally, economically, militarily. What what does any of this mean for the world, for you? Coming up on I'm
1: Right. Today I'm authorizing additional strong sanctions and new limitations on what can be exported to Russia. This is going to impose severe cost on the Russian economy, both immediately and over time. We have purposely designed these sanctions to maximize the long-term impact on Russia and to minimize the impact on the United States and our allies. No one expected the sanctions to prevent anything from happening. It has to — this is going to take time, and we have to show resolve so he knows what's coming, and so the people of Russia know what he's brought on them. That's what this is all about. This is gonna take time. It's not gonna occur, he's gonna say, oh my God, these sanctions are coming, I'm gonna stand down. He's gonna test the resolve of the West to see if we stay together, and we will. We will, and it will impose significant costs on him.
0: Did you underestimate Putin, and would you still describe him the way that you did in the summer, as a worthy adversary?
1: At the time, he was, I made it clear, as an adversary, and I said he was worthy. I didn't underestimate him. He wants to, in fact, reestablish the former Soviet Union. That's what this is about. And I think that his, uh, his ambitions uh, are, are completely contrary to the place where the rest of the world has arrived.
0: And, and, and you're confident that these devastating sanctions are going to be as devastating as Russian missiles and bullets and tanks?
1: Yes. Russian bullets, missiles, and tanks in Ukraine. Yes, I am.
0: Okay, so standard Joe Biden stuff. This has been consistent for his entire presidency. Just to sum up just what you just heard there, it's not difficult to sum up. Uh, I'm Joe Biden. I did everything right. I saw this coming. I did nothing wrong. There was nothing else I could do. Any bad things that come from this are not my fault. Blame those oil and gas companies and eh, we'll get this thing solved. Okay, look, none of that fecklessness you just saw should be any kind of a surprise. I don't want to bring up old stuff and we're going to get to the actual Ukraine portion right now, but do remember... The embarrassing, internationally embarrassing withdrawal from Afghanistan, the troops, our dead troops, equipment left behind, killing civilians, the whole thing embarrassed in front of the world. Remember, in the wake of that, not one person resigned. Not one. Not one politician, State Department official, not one general. Not only did nobody resign, no one even expressed regrets. In fact, Remember, the Pentagon investigated itself for killing the civilians and came out and said, ha, look, we didn't do anything wrong. Now, why does that matter? What's this have to do with here? Well, let's do keep in mind when Joe Biden is sitting down with his national security team and trying to figure out how to deal with an invasion of Ukraine by Vladimir Putin, those same people are in the room. The same people who made all of those decisions on Afghanistan and then looked at that disaster and said, we nailed it, guys. They're making decisions right now i'm gonna help you sleep well at night right so what is happening right now look what's happening is full-scale invasion now i'm not going to comment on each and every tiny thing because we're getting reports in as fast as you're getting reports in and trying to cobble together what is true and what is not true here's what we do know what we do know is artillery fighter jets There's been an amphibious landing. We now have confirmed that there are Russian ground troops moving into Ukraine. And we're not talking about a couple eastern regions that he's planning on breaking off. This is a full-blown invasion from three different sides of Ukraine, including the capital. There's an airbase outside of Kiev. They're going after that airbase. What it appears to be right now, we're moving on to an opinion portion of it. This is just what I see. And I've been talking to people all day long, trying to make sure I can bring you the best intelligence I can, just based on the people I know. From what I can see is Ukraine's gonna last about another day or two, maybe russia just simply has many capabilities ukraine does not it's it goes way beyond troop numbers you see that a lot i'm sure you've seen all that today russia has 180,000, hundred and eighty thousand and ukraine only that matters that, that, that matters but russia also has capabilities ukraine simply can't deal with like cyber capabilities one of the first things they did last night was cyber attacks you start shutting down communications shutting down banking systems causes chaos people can't talk back and forth it just cyber attacks are devastating we're not necessarily prepared for one of those in this country, but we're not talking about us at the moment. So they started off with cyber attacks. Right now they're firing at military targets, selective targets. You may have wondered this today. You may have wondered, hey man, I have see all these internet videos, there's explosions and planes and artillery, and yet we're not getting word about massive amounts of Ukrainian death. Now every life matters, so we're not trying to be cold-hearted here, but you would think artillery shells going off, fighter jets, uh, 10, How many 10,000, 20,000? We're hearing numbers like 40, 100, 200. It, it'll go way up from there. I'm not, I'm not discounting it. It will go up, but the numbers weren't that drastically huge. Why? It appears, this is back to the opinion portion of it, it appears Putin is going for an easy W, meaning take out their communications, take out the military installations, essentially go after a few precision targets so you can get Ukraine to just give up. That matters. Right now it matters because Putin is potentially a madman. He doesn't want the world's wrath. He's willing to withstand the world's wrath. But he most definitely is a madman, and if he's not going for mass civilian death at this point in time, that means at least, hopefully, we're not going to have cities bombed out, tens of thousands of civilians dead. Let's, let's hope it stays there. We don't know. Tonight's going to be a brand new night. Tomorrow morning we may wake up and everything will change. Now, Vladimir Putin, he does not seem to be a man who's about to be intimidated by Joe Biden's sanctions or the UK's sanctions This sounds like a man who's very, very committed. Whoever tries to interfere with us, and even
2: more so to create threats for our country, our people should know that Russia's response will be immediate, and will lead you to such consequences that you have never experienced in your history.
0: Not exactly being subtle about that. I think we all know what that means. Everyone thinks the same thing. Oh, he's gonna drop a nuclear bomb? Let me clarify a couple things about nuclear weapons also. When people think about nuclear weapons, they automatically think what? Hiroshima Nagasaki. You think about a city going up in flames. And there are obviously a ton of those kinds of nuclear weapons out there. And Russia has a ton of them. But you have to also understand something else. There's a different kind of nuclear capability today that countries like Russia and us and China and the the countries work on. And that's more of a tactical nuclear weapon. What does that mean? What What does that mean? Well, Vladimir Putin... He may not try to take out an entire city. He may not drop a nuke on Kiev. He has nukes with the ability to take out a grid square. That's 1,000 meters by 1,000 meters. That's a grid square. Let's say there's a big unit there. Let's say there's a battalion in in a grid square. He could drop a smaller tactical nuclear weapon and send them all up in flames. This is scary stuff. I'm just trying to keep you updated on what what world wars look like now countries have these capabilities in many ways those are more scary than the city killers right he can ch- pick and choose i'll just pick a a certain portion of land and just turn it to ash like that he does have the ability to do so he has the weapons to do so it's not outside of the realm of possibility vladimir putin could use a nuclear weapon in the coming days wow right now that's that's a lot I mean, it seems like about 15 minutes ago we were just dealing with, okay, a couple breakaway regions, uh, some sanctions and stuff. Why in the world? Who does this guy think he is? Why would he be so bold? Hasn't Vladimir Putin heard of NATO? Well, it's funny you should bring up NATO because about a year ago, this is what NATO was worried about. At NATO,
1: diversity is our strength. We come from all over the world. From everything. Walk of life. No two of us are the same. Embrace our differences
0: because we all have one thing in common:
1: we are NATO.
0: Man, I don't know why Vladimir Putin thought he could take that on. And look, I'm gonna play you a couple other things here, but. I want you to understand I'm not taking petty cheap shots at all the woke cultural garbage. I'm taking real shots at the woke cultural garbage. We don't play you these things, we don't point these things out so we could go, ha ha, look at these psychos. You have to understand, as I continue on and play you different things here, that Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, wolves, they sit and they watch TV too. The people around them watch TV too. They have Twitter accounts, too, and Facebook, and they do. They have entire intelligence agencies dedicated to mining this kind of stuff. When these things happen, when you and I are pointing out, ha-ha, look at the freaks and the diversity stuff, that's so stupid. We get a couple of snickers out of it. Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, they're not snickering. They're smirking. They're thinking, look at the psychopaths that stand against us now. Look at these psycho freaks. These people aren't ready. I mean, why would Vladimir Putin take such a bold step? Full-blown invasion? What? Let's set aside the European response for a minute because none of the European militaries are capable of anything anymore. They're all, they're all weak. What he has to worry about is America. We're the only one with enough juice to actually physically stop him. They're always assessing America. And I, I want to make sure I re-emphasize this again. They're always assessing America. They watch CNN. They watch The First. They watch Fox News. They're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They are. They're watching. When the White House invites some freak to the whi- to, to, to go campaign for stupid things, Vladimir Putin, while you watch this, I want you to understand, while you're cringing and snickering, Vladimir Putin was watching with you.
2: One sec. Democracy's calling. <laughs> See you, daddy. Bye.
1: Hi, my name
2: is Cooper and this is a day in my life as a White House intern. We did it, (laughs) Joe. Hey everyone, Vogue. Usually I start off with a big coffee. Sorry, they're like really strict in here. Hey Jenny, I booked you a nail appointment, love.
1: Yeah, I didn't tell you to do that.
2: It's called initiative. (laughs) Hi, White House, this is Cooper. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, doesn't matter. This is actually the entrance to the West Wing. This is so fun and it's really prestigious.
1: Hey, POTUS. Is Olivia Rodrigo still here? No. We've come a long way in our fight against this virus. We've vaccinated 160 million Americans. Are you getting this all down?
2: Don't worry, Queen. It's all right here.
1: Cooper.
3: Sorry,
2: Miss Jen. And Jen, don't forget to have fun. Spirit fingers, mama. We need to get shots in the arms of every single American.
0: I'm heading to a haircut.
2: Comment if you want me to make more of these.
0: What do you think Putin was thinking when he watched that? Do you think Putin was thinking, man, America is run by some strong people and we don't, we don't need to be stepping out of line. Or do you think Putin was watching that and licking his chops? Our recruitment ads, our army recruitment ads, What do you think Vladimir Putin thinks when he watches ads like this?
2: This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. Sure. I'd spent my life around inspiring women. But what had I really achieved on my own? One of my sorority sisters was studying abroad in Italy. Another was climbing Mount Everest. I needed my own adventures, my own challenge. And after meeting with an army recruiter, I found it. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way.
0: What do you think Vladimir Putin was thinking? What do you think? Xi Jinping is thinking right now? What do you think? I mean, just for comparison, maybe you don't remember what old American military recruiting ads used to look like. So maybe, maybe this little, this little snippet from a Russian recruiting ad will let you know what military ads should look like
2: своих возможностей к черту границы ты готов ломать себя до изнеможения каждый день здесь боль закаляет шрамы повседневность это ты решил себе что-то доказать командир здесь только для того чтобы ты мог увидеть в нем врага потому что без врага нет боя а без боя нет победы Но на самом деле главный враг это ты вчерашний ты Твоя задача выследить врага, догнать его, превзойти, стать лучше, чем он, и вернуться назад победителем. Потому что завтра первый день твоей новой жизни.
0: which one of those countries seems interested in winning wars? Look, I, you may remember back in May of 2021, you may remember when I sat right here in this same chair and I told you this. I'm not just going to gloss over this. I'm not just going to forget about it. I love history. As you know, I talk to you about history a lot on the show. And if you study it and you find the nations that lose focus, you know, it's almost always the wealthy, powerful ones, right? The poor ones know they've got a scrap, but it's almost always the wealthy, powerful ones. Too many grapes, too many cakes, too much free time on their hands, too many distractions. And there's always this young, hungry one out there who doesn't have these distractions. And he looks at all those cakes and grapes, and he wants them, and he starts to look around and say to himself, they're getting awfully soft. I bet I could go take that from them. That happens all the time. And what it looks like when they go to take that from them, it looks like death on a massive scale. That's what it looks like. This is not a small thing. This is a big thing. We don't need an army full of lesbians. We need an army full of killers. That's what we need. That's what you want your United States military to do. And that's what our opponents are doing. Remember that story that came out about China? They're they're figuring out how to make their men more masculine. We're figuring out how to cut ours off. Literally. This stuff ends nations. I cannot emphasize this enough. This stuff ends nations. And this will be the end of the United States of America if we don't stop these people. It's a really, really, really big deal. A very big deal. What do you want me to say? We only can do what we can do, right? All right. Say a prayer for the people of Ukraine, especially the innocent civilians there. There are women, there are kids. Say a prayer for them, all right? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, we have expert after expert after expert coming tonight. Try to help us. Look, I'm going to try to make sense of it all the same way you are. So let's talk to Jason Beardsley next to get us a little bit smarter. Now, let's talk about something else. I say all the time, get your kids out of government schools. And I warn people all the time, hey, why are you sending your kid to a university? Are you 100% sure your child has to go to a university? To which people respond understandably but what else can they do what are we going to do have you heard about praxis listen praxis might be one of the coolest concepts i've ever heard this is the future your child that 18 year old you spent all those years raising you don't have to send him off to a communist training camp he can instead go into a 12 12-mo- month 12 month program he spends a while figuring out which field is which and eventually he picks a field he then dives in, gets a paid internship with a growing company. So after 12 months, your child likely has no debt because the net cost is zero. Remember, paid internship, likely has no debt. He's not a brain-dead communist. He has real-world experience years ahead of his college-going buddies. Check it out, please. Go to praxis discoverpraxis.com slash jesse. That's discoverpraxis.com slash jesse. We'll be back.
4: And are you, you, if I could
1: follow up, sir, are you urging China to help isolate Russia? Are you urging China to help isolate Russia? I'm not prepared to comment on that at the moment.
0: Joining me now, my friend Jason Beardsley. He's the National Executive Director for the Association of U.S. Navy, former Master Sergeant in Green Beret. Two bronze stars. That is not too shabby. Jason, uh, he's not prepared to comment on that. Would you please unpack that for me, brother? Because I don't understand how I'm supposed to take that.
4: Well, yeah, well, take take it in stride because this is the uh, Biden White House. And what we see all along is... Um, you know, we get the sense that after after hearing him talk and Jen Psaki and Kirby, uh, these. Uh this administration feels much more like observers or bystanders rather than yeah. actors or agents in these processes. So we, we heard him say the same thing about India. We've got all the allies together and we're, we're synced. You heard another savvy reporter say, are you guys together with India? And again, he defers and deflects and says, we're working on it. The bottom line here is, uh, Joe, when it comes to President Biden, there's a lot more talk than what we see for action.
0: Okay, Vladimir Putin, he made a not-so-veiled threat about nuclear weapons yesterday. And I I brought up briefly in the opening of the show, there's such thing as tactical nuclear weapons, which changes everything. But people hear nukes and they automatically freak out, understandably. Do you think Vladimir Putin would actually use one within the borders of Ukraine, though? Uh,
4: What we can do is look at Vladimir Putin's actions... Uh, So far, he's been pretty good on his word for, uh, you know, unfolding this invasion, for rolling Crimea uh, back in Georgia. He's had some losses, but his overall plan is to put this state back in the sphere of Russia. And I'm not sure that he's taken anything off the table. So I think we have to be very careful. Uh, He may not end up using that because in the end of the day, uh, he wants to control Ukraine, and it doesn't help him to have the people embedded in a long-term fight. That's guerrilla warfare insurrection right inside his you know, province now, what will end up being his province. So I don't think he wants that, so I think he'd be wise not to, but I don't think we take anything off the table at this stage.
0: Jason, now you've forgotten more about warfare than I'll ever know, but this is what I understand just from people who do know. Vladimir Putin, you mentioned some losses, got his teeth kicked in a couple times. He was relying too much on unconventional warfare and decided he needed to bolster his regular troops. How have they retrofitted the Russian army? Help this make sense to people that don't understand what I'm talking about.
4: Sure. Um- what we saw earlier, again, Georgia, Crimea, is irregular warfare and asymmetric warfare, and and folks that are uh, you know Russian military but disguised in civilian clothing and 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 putting pressure on economically and cyber war. What you see today or what we've seen in the last 24 hours are tanks. We've seen uh, large convoys, the conventional military forces that are very difficult for a country like Ukraine to kind of fight toe to toe. And that's when you say retrofitting kind of the the Russian army. He's standing up what looks like conventional uh, military stuff. And, of course, the only approach the Ukrainians are going to have at their disposal at this point is unconventional. They will have to resort to irregular warfare tactics. And we missed a big strategic point here when we didn't uh, push arms to the Ukrainians before this invasion, by arms I mean shoulder-launched uh, anti-tank missiles, shoulder-launched anti-helicopter uh, javelins and toes and and things like this, because that could have taken Putin a lot more time to kind of complicate or, or calculate uh, to move around. We did not do that, and so now it's a little difficult for us to kind of go backwards and arm the Ukrainians. A big miss.
0: Jason, I understand, obviously, Ukraine's regular military is not going to be able to withstand the Russians. I mean, we're 24,
4: 48
0: hours away from this whole thing being over with. But unconventionally, what are their capabilities? You mentioned guerrilla fighting. Is there a chance that may be something that
4: takes hold and goes on for a while? Yeah, absolutely. And that I think is what uh, Putin's long-term calculation must be uh, applied against. He knows that if he goes in too hard, destroys too much, he's gonna put the Ukrainian uh, people at a fighting disposition for a long time. That's bloody and What he saw in Afghanistan, what we saw in Afghanistan is that insurgencies can be effective for empires over, over a long time. He knows this, which is why what I think we're gonna see is He's going to apply some warfare right now conventionally, so that he can back the West off, negotiate out of sanctions, and give himself the province that he wanted in the East, and appear to be ceding some of his ground while also taking the uh, the long-term game that he they always wanted.
0: Jason, can you help me understand, or maybe you just actually answered this, but I I was curious. I brought it up initially in the open of the show. We see right now all the videos online. We don't know what to believe or not to believe. There's a lot of misinformation out there, but we do know jets, artillery, explosions, buildings. We're seeing a lot of stuff that looks like warfare, and yet we're not seeing high death counts. Again, I'm not dismissing any loss of life, but we're hearing 40, 50, 60, 100 That's not a lot when we're talking about artillery shells. Why aren't more people dying?
4: Yeah, you nailed it. Great question. And it's good insight to understand, again, what is Putin thinking? He wants to minimize the level of civilian casualties because the long-term gain for him is that he's in control of the Ukrainian province with an installed government that works on behalf of Putin. He's done this in Kazakhstan, uh, Crimea, Georgia, so Belarus, and you see it all over. At the end of this, he wants them as part of the empire. So it hurts him more to go all full-scale bloodbath. And uh, as you point out, a full-scale invasion doesn't have a body count in the dozens uh we start looking in the tens of thousands and we're not seeing that yet that's a good indication of where he wants to go jason beardsley thank you so much my brother i appreciate you yeah you bet jesse have a great day in spite of what we're watching
0: yeah i made you too bud all right that was the military side of it there's an economic side of it for us what what are we going to be facing here we all going to be in the poor house we have joel griffith he's going to join us next and tell us what we have coming now i know what i have coming in my house unless putin cuts the power i've got eden pure thunderstorms i've got three of them greatest air purifier i've ever had in my life and believe me when i tell you i've had a lot of them the eden pure thunderstorm it cleans your air continuously, and there's no filter for you to replace. It's just this quiet little black thing goes right in the outlet in the wall. I bought one. It works so well. I went out and bought two more. I now own three. One in my living room, one in my bedroom, one in my son's room. You can own three too. They have a deal right now for my viewers. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code Jesse, you can get a three pack for under two hundred dollars. That's 200 bucks in savings. These things caused me to throw away my over-the-counter allergy medication. That's how great they are. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back with
4: Joel. Defending freedom will
1: have cost for us as well, and here at home. We need to be honest about that.
0: When America stands for her principles, and all of the things that we hold dear, um, it requires sometimes for, for us to put ourselves out there in a way that maybe we will incur some cost.
1: You mean specifically Americans should expect higher gasoline prices? Yeah, energy prices, exactly. That's that's what we want the American public to be aware of is a possibility.
0: All right. Well, look. Now we know why prices are so high. It's obviously all Vladimir Putin's fault. Joining me now, Joel Griffith, uh, economic expert with the Heritage Foundation. Joel, I was trying to figure out why I had to pay so much money to fill up my pickup last week. Turns out it was Putin. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, two things are happening
2: with this invasion. We see the pandemic seems to be at last ending across the country. Even New York City now is talking about lifting gas restrictions. And now we know what the cause is of our economic slowdown, of the millions of people that aren't working, and of the skyrocketing gas costs. Of course, we know these problems have been building long before Russia invaded its neighbor in a dastardly act. But now we see the administration trying to put the blame for our slowing economy, for the fact that families are underwater, for the fact that it costs you 150 bucks in places in California to fill up your car. Now they're gonna blame it on what's happening across
0: the ocean in Russia and Ukraine. That's dishonest. Joel, not only is it dishonest, I don't think it'll be effective, but is that me just being sunny, Jesse? There's no way people are going to buy into this, right? Because already this economy, I mean, Vladimir Putin, Ukraine, all that stuff aside, it's not just that the economy, inflation was up, prices were up. It's that it was heading in a bad direction already. We were already facing a pretty rough 2022. You don't think the American people are actually going to buy that this is all Putin's fault, do you?
2: Well, there's always going to be some people that
0: that to go by the official party
2: line but i actually do think that people are waking up even i just look at conversations with individuals people are starting to connect the dots between these promises that politicians make between this magic money that just shows up in checking accounts people are starting to understand that we printed a lot of money trillions of dollars and people are starting to recognize that they're soaring house costs, that the stock market bubble that we had until recently, they're starting to connect the dots and realizing this is government that has caused the problem. When you go to the store and you see those bare shelves, guess what? That's not what's happening overseas in Europe that's caused that. It's the fact that we had politicians here and abroad that decided to shut down our economy in such an immoral and irresponsible manner.
0: All right, Joel. We already know where the economy was going. You certainly know. Now we do have to acknowledge Russia, Ukraine, energy prices. What do you think? I'm not smart enough to unpack all this. What do you think this does mean for us? Am I going to be paying $20 a gallon to fill up my truck? Where do we go? What does this mean?
2: Yeah, prognostication is the dangerous game. If you look at the prices today, we actually saw oil come down about 8% off of its $100 per barrel peak earlier today. But there is no doubt that we do have a world, particularly Europe, that has become dependent on Russian oil and Russian gas. And for some reason, despite the fact that we knew the threat was growing from Russia... Putin has been clear about his ultimate intentions. Despite that, we saw Germany rushing full steam ahead to build a natural gas pipeline from Russia to Germany that would ensure dependence on Russian oil. And then we saw our own president, President Biden, on day one of his presidency, kill the Keystone XL pipeline that would have ensured us abundant, affordable fuel from our ally Canada. So it's bizarre. Politicians have gotten us into the situation where now they actually have to take the dependency on Russian oil into consideration. as a big reason why today, when President Biden announced sanctions on Russia, well, guess what isn't included in those sanctions? We're not sanctioning Russian oil and gas. They assured Russia, we're gonna be keep the spigot on if we can.
0: All right, Joel, explain this to me, the housing market. A lot of people don't pay attention to it until they have to pay attention to it, right? If you're living in a house, no intention to move, live in an apartment, it doesn't doesn't occur to you. But the housing market is always a big part of an economy. What's going on with ours right now?
2: Well, we have a housing market now that is more inflated than it was more than 12 years ago before the bubble burst. If you look at any number of metrics, the price of a house relative to a person's income, the price of a mortgage payment, even with low interest rates relative to a typical income. We are near all time highs on these metrics and it is squeezing families. If you want to get into just a typical home on a median income, you're going to see about 38% of your paycheck going to pay the interest payments and that's with low interest rates. What we've seen over the last 30 years is you've seen the government get more and more involved with this sector with down payment assistance, with subsidized mortgages, with guaranteed mortgages. And then we put this on steroids during this during this pandemic. We saw our central bank purchase trillions of dollars worth of mortgages. Well, what happens when you print money to purchase mortgages? Well, you end up with a lot more money available to lend out. And that's why you have seen home prices jump 27% over the last
0: oh. two years. Joel, thank you so much, my man. Come back soon.
2: All right, thanks, Jesse.
0: All right, we have the great Michael Knowles joining us next. You ever shoot a weapon in a house without hearing protection on? I have had the distinct displeasure of having done that before. You do that once, you don't ever want to do it again. But it doesn't even just have to be in a house. Out and about, doesn't matter. Look. I have managed to damage my ears by shooting unsuppressed weapons in close proximity to others and obviously myself far too many times. You need to get suppressors for your weapons. You do. And where do you even go for that? Uh, Jesse, is there some underground market? Nothing illegal? Nothing too difficult at all when you go to the silencer shop? They have more models than you can possibly comprehend to choose from. They have them starting. It's $365. They're not this end of the world, buy a new car cost people think. Oh, but Jesse, what about, what about all the permit? They'll handle that stuff with you. They'll walk with you through all of it. It's cake. It's cake. Just go to silencershop.com. That's silencershop.com. Get suppressors for your weapons. We'll be back. Oh, yeah. me now michael knowles who needs no introduction of obviously the huge michael knowles show and michael apparently i have a bone to pick with you because the wife saw that last night and she loves these freaking scary suspenseful movies and now i'm going to be dragged to the movies to watch that instead of something instead of being able to stay home and read a book so thanks a lot brother
3: i know it's brutal i was just assuming listen i was assuming that Whenever conservatives go out and we say, we're gonna make movies, we're gonna get involved in the culture, a lot of times, I'll be frank, it's just schlock, okay? And it's fine, we like it, it's our schlock, <laughs> but what we really set out to do here is make a real movie. I- I'm just thrilled with the way this movie came out. Uh, shut in, it-, it was seen by half a million people the night it premiered for free, then we immediately stopped allowing it to be free. We put it over at the thedailywire.com. We're so appreciative to all of our members. And we've got we got a lot more movies coming.
0: Well, uh, well, I'm going to have to watch it now. And Michael, I do have to ask because you brought up a lot of our stuff's been crap. I mean, we just have not been good at entertainment. It just it just it's not good. You can tell it's low budget crap. And now Daily Wire. I mean, everyone knows Daily Wire, but that looks like a that looks like something you would be seeing in any other Hollywood blockbuster. Why were you able to make something that looks so good? And others have not. Is this simply a budget thing, smarter people? Because I want us to be better at entertainment. I think it's really important for our culture.
3: I've been asking myself this question a lot. I think the reason is that Jeremy Boring and Ben Shapiro are completely insane. And they (laughs) have built this company, The Daily Wire, and it has these political shows, and it puts out a lot of news and commentary, and it's been very successful at doing all of that and just as everything's stable i say oh good we've got a a stable paycheck honey don't worry everything's going to be fine from now on they decide to gamble the company on a play not just to comment on culture but to actually create culture and to put put a lot of resources behind movies like this you know we could make shut-in relative to a hollywood budget we did it for a relatively small amount of money we're still talking millions and millions of dollars here okay And, and this is a play that, that we think the left has given us a big opportunity here. We think that w- with the left telling half of the country that they're Nazis and bigots and they, they hate us, and they're not gonna make any movies for us, and not a single person in America has seen any of the Oscar-nominated movies now, this is a real market opportunity for conservatives to make not just pedantic schlock, but actually gritty, engaging, real narrative content for people. And so we're, we're so glad to the, the members who have really funded this, and allowed us to make this play, and we want even bigger and better movies into the future.
0: Absolutely. I encourage people to go to Daily Wire and watch it and support it. And honestly, a big part of it is this, Michael. It's not just because, obviously, I'm a fan of yours. It's I feel like movies are undersold for their importance. I, 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 a common theme on the right for so long has been, oh, he's just an actor. No one cares what he says. Yet, yeah, go look at his following on social media. Yeah, people do care, actually. People care what that idiot actress says. People care what the scumbag communist actor says. Entertainment has value. Every culture has entertainment, whether it's a tiny tribe or a big nation. It's part of how you know what the carrots and sticks are, and we've just let it go. Why did we let it go for so long?
3: We let it go because we're not able to walk and chew gum at the same time, and the left really is. So sometimes you'll hear people say politics is downstream of culture, and you say, okay, we're only going to focus on the culture, not focus on electoral politics. Some people say, no, what actually matters is winning elections and and passing laws and engaging in the real political fight, and then they ignore all the cultural stuff. But well, look at what the left did. The left over the last 50 or 60 years took over every institution, all of the political institutions, elective and administrative, bureaucratic. They took over the universities. They took over Hollywood. Hollywood wasn't always super liberal. It has become super liberal within the last 60 years, took over big tech, took over corporations, took over everything. They could do it all at the same time. And I think we need to do that as well. We we are human beings. We are storytelling creatures. We view ourselves from a narrative perspective. Every man is the star of his own story. And so, if we don't grab a hold of the stories, if we don't if we don't tell each other stories that are edifying, that that are going to build us up, build up our souls, build up our communities, and build up our country, then we're going to lose that entire culture. And, and we have for half a century. And it's it's long past time we we try to grab a rein of it again.
0: I am certainly the star of my own story. I tell myself that every single day. All right, shifting gears here, Joe Biden. Um, we are, are hopefully not on the cusp of something that affects each and every one of us with all this Russia, Ukraine, war, nonsense. But I can't help but think back to what our priorities have been here at home. Here's a little video. Right.
1: First thing that President Obama and I were summoned to the State Department, excuse me, the Defense Department for, was to meet with all the chiefs. The single greatest threat to our national security, they said, is climate change. The single greatest threat to our national security.
0: Okay, obviously that's insane, you know that's insane, I know that's insane. We've focused on insane things for so long, Michael. My question is, can we get sane again? Or are we, I mean, honestly, sometimes, I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, sometimes it feels hopeless when so many people seem so lost.
3: Well, I I really can't believe your skepticism, Jesse. Are you telling me that climate (laughs) change didn't just invade uh, Kiev and and the rest of (laughs) Ukraine? Are you telling me climate change isn't aggressing on Taiwan and American interests in the South China Sea? I'm shocked. Oh, you're telling me it's real people, actual enemies of the United States who are real political actors making decisions? You know, something, Jesse, that I really, really love about your commentary and your show is that you're very blunt. You take complex things and make them really simple. Uh, In the spirit of that, I will do that here. This is Joe Biden's fault. Okay, he did this. Yeah. He made discreet decisions with regard to Russia sanctions, with regard to the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, with regard to his literal invitation to Joe Biden to invade eastern Ukraine that led to this moment right now. And while that's extremely depressing and we can't go back and fix the past, I think it does offer some hope to the future, which is that if we made different decisions, if we make different decisions moving into the future, we absolutely can stop aggression from America's enemies. Look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump has the distinction now of being the only president out of the last four presidents on whose watch Vladimir Putin did not invade a sovereign country. Why is that? It's not some magical, enigmatic, crazy answer. It's because Donald Trump was strong. He said, don't do it. He sanctioned Putin. He kept a lot of leverage for himself and for the Ukrainians. And, and, and Putin backed off. Well, it could happen again. We just need strong, clear leadership.
0: Amen. Michael Knowles, the movie is shut in. Go to Daily Wire and watch it. I highly encourage you to. I'm going to have to myself. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. All right. Thanks, man. I love the fact that people are out there taking back the culture. I applaud them for it. I applaud them for it big time. Good for Daily Wire. Good for Michael Knowles. Good for all of them. I love that stuff. All right. We do have a light in the mood next, and I need to be clear about something before we go and and play you all that. I'm a dark humor guy. I can't help it. That really came to fruition in the Marine Corps when we would be in some kind of awful situation and someone would make a joke, oftentimes a very inappropriate joke, and we would laugh. I don't know what that is. But I haven't lost it. So every now and then dark humor is going to be creeping into the the show. That's just a heads up. Speaking of dark, we have a special coming. It's coming tomorrow. Wait, it's tomorrow Friday? I'm kidding. Yeah, it's coming tomorrow. You have to be a First TV supporter to watch it, though. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support. Now, what is that special? Why would I say dark? It's about the Clintons. Hard to get darker than that. Firsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. I made a relatively obvious statement, I thought, yesterday on social media. Many of you follow me on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, and what I said was simply this, Applebee's is underrated. I didn't say it was the greatest restaurant of all time, I simply said it was underrated. You go on Applebee's, some cheese sticks, some wings, they got a good boneless wing in there, little chicken fajita roll up, underrated, maybe a butt heavier too, that's all I said. And boy, I caught, I mean, as much heat as I've ever caught, I caught the same kind of heat as when I make fun of feminists. It was unbelievable how mad people got at me. But you know what? There is one entity out there that's clearly on my side. Bravo, CNN.
3: Little bit of chicken fry. Go beer on a Friday
4: night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio. Get five homeless wings for one dollar with any handcrafted burger. Only at Apple.
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. What are we gonna do? We gotta laugh. Let's see you tomorrow.